Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We are so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to one spot today, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And since this is our First Fruits Miracle Offering weekend, we're going to take a look at one of the biggest miracles in Scripture. And you've heard this story. Some of you have heard it a lot. And the tendency can be, when we've heard a story since we were children, the tendency can be just to kind of check out a little bit and go, yeah, I know all the details. Uh, but, but let me just say, anything God records in Scripture is important to pay attention to. Can we agree on that? Amen. Okay. Go a step further. Any miracle God makes sure is recorded in all four Gospels is important to pay attention to. Can we agree on that? Especially considering there's only one miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels. And it is the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And and I'm going to read it to you. And then I'm going to tell it to you. And I'm going to place you in the story as one of the disciples. And then at the end... I'm going to place you in the story as the little boy who brings his lunch to Jesus. So let's read it together. I'll tell it to you. And then I'm going to give you a couple of things that I believe had to happen in order for a miracle to take place. And the title of this message is The Miracle of Multiplication. Let's take a look at this miraculous moment in Scripture. Luke chapter 9, verse 10. And the apostles, when they had returned, told Jesus all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And Jesus received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who were in need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitudes away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get food. For we are in a deserted place here. But Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. I love that Jesus talks like that. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Now, hit the pause button there. 5,000 men, that's how they were counted then. Think about this. If the bulk of those men had families, then probably on the low end, we're talking about 15,000 people, and on the high end, it's believed around 25,000 people. So not just 5,000 men, somewhere between 15 and 25,000 people. Then Jesus said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, Jesus blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled And 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Now, it's easy to read a story like this and just go, oh, that's great. Two fish, five loaves of bread fed 20,000 people. That's way to go, Jesus. Great, great moment. And just move to the next passage. But when we insert ourselves into the story, I believe scripture comes alive. And so I want to tell you this story that might cause you to live it. All right? Here's here's the backdrop. The disciples have been away ministering for a time. John the Baptist has just died. 
They are returning to Jesus after ministry, and Jesus says, hey guys, it's been a long run. Let's sneak away for a little us time and and just rest and be together. A couple of people see where Jesus is heading, and a couple turns into several hundred, which turns into several thousand, which turns into several thousand families. Somewhere around 20,000 people follow Jesus into this deserted place, okay? Now, we just read, Scripture says, when the day began to wear away. Here's what that means. Jesus had been teaching and healing all day long, okay? We're talking about a marathon of preaching, all right? You think I go long? Jesus went through breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all right? And the disciples, and you're one of them, the disciples are off to the side doing what they do while Jesus is ministering. They're talking, and their little committee decides, one of us needs to go talk to him. And I think it was probably Peter that started this whole deal. And I just imagine it kind of went like this. Peter says to the 11, guys, I am starving right now. And if I don't get something to eat, you're literally going to see me die right here. He's going to have to raise me from the dead because I am literally starving to death. He's been going all day. Nobody has that much content. Not even the son of God. Wrap it up. (laughs) And they vote. And they choose you to be the spokesperson for the committee. To go interrupt Jesus. And tell him, wrap it up. (laughs) And so you walk over to Jesus. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Trust me. You're going to appreciate why I'm interrupting him right now. Just hold, please. Uh, Lord, listen, uh, this this has been amazing. Uh, I I mean, this series of messages that you're bringing in one entire day. Fantastic. These one-liners that you're turning into paragraphs, unbelievable. I've got 12 pages of parchment that I have filled from head to toe. Uh, But Lord, the rest of the people are not like me. Uh, We've been watching them since lunchtime, and they're getting restless. Uh, Four hours ago, they were hungry, and we all kind of feel like they're starting to get hangry. And this, this is going to be recorded for a really long time. And I don't think you want it to end the way it's probably about to end. So we've just decided since the people are starving, why don't you just wrap it up? The people are hungry. Yes, Lord. Now, not me. I, I could go all night, Jesus. I, I'm like you. I could go 40 days and just eat off your bread. But the people are starving. I I think we should just have the altar call and wrap it up, finish up. It's all about the people, huh? They're hungry. You feed them. Excuse me? Uh, Jesus, I don't think you understand what we're saying. Uh, There's not enough food for all these people. Let's just be done and send them on their way and let them take care of their own meals. I said, you feed them. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. All right, Jesus. You walk back to the committee. You know Peter's going first. Did you tell him? Did you tell him I am starving to die? Well, Peter, I'm not going to out you like that, but I told him the people were starving. What did he say? Is he... He's, not, he's on the seventh point of the eighth message. He is not going to the altar call. I've heard this story before. Why is he not wrapping it up? Because uh, he said we should feed him. What? Listen, I told you I was starving. I don't care about all these other people. I just need some food. Forget about them. Let's wrap this thing up. What do you want me to tell him? We don't have enough food for all these people. That's it. Go tell him there's not enough food. He'll stop. You got to go back. Love y'all. I apologize. It's good though, isn't it? This series of messages all in one day. Good stuff, isn't it? Oh, Jesus is good. Isn't he good? Y'all need to applaud if you know what's good for you because he's going to keep going. Uh, Jesus, uh, you told us to, to uh, give them something to eat. Uh, there's no food. Hold on just a second. 20,000 people and you can't find a morsel of food? Uh, what, that, that's not what I'm saying, Lord. Uh, the thing is, there's not enough food. I didn't ask you if there was enough. I asked you, do you have any food? Well, sure, I've seen some people munching on bread, but that was hours ago. Bring me what you have. Okay. Go back to the committee. Peter's about to pass out. Did you tell him? I told him everything you guys told me to say. What did he say? He said, go get all the food and bring it to him. Okay. I don't understand. There's not enough food. More people than food. More need. No food. Disciples disperse. Now listen, you've probably never thought of this before, but you cannot convince me that out of 20,000 people, there was only one little boy who had food. I promise you, having not been there that day, I promise you, there were some families who had brought snacks. Now, was everyone planning on Jesus preaching a 12-week series in a day? No. They weren't expecting to miss breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I guarantee you, in that climate, in the middle of the day, 20,000 people didn't come empty-handed. Some people had water. Some people had snacks. They may not have had full meals, but you cannot convince me that the only person out of 20,000 was a little boy with food. He was just the only one willing to give what he had. The disciples go out. Peter goes to the, the first family he saw eating fish jerky. 
He said, hey, I saw y'all. I about tackled y'all 90 minutes ago. You were eating fish jerky. That's my favorite. Hey, Jesus needs your food. You, Peter, you're, you're mistaken. We have no food. They're hiding it under their picnic blanket. They're holding on to what they have. Disciples go around. Nobody's got food. And a little boy has a sack lunch. And he says, here, Andrew, you can, you can take my lunch to Jesus. All the disciples come back together. What'd you get? I didn't get anything. What'd you get? Nothing. What about the people over on the left? They've been eating a fine meal the whole day. I couldn't get it from them. They hid it. Andrew says, well, I, I got one boy who gave me a sack lunch with two fish and five loaves. And while he's saying five loaves, Peter has already reached into the snack pack and eaten half a loaf of bread. <laughs> and I just wonder if one of the disciples figured it out and thought, this is it. Remember in 2 Kings 4, Elisha did a miracle. A hundred men were fed by 20 loaves of bread that miraculously multiplied. That's what he's going to do. We're about to see him do a miracle. He's going to pray over it, and it's just going to start expanding in his hands. Take it back to him, and you go back up full of confidence now. Uh, Jesus, we did what you asked. Uh, this is all we have. Two fish and four and a half loaves of bread. Peter, Peter ate some. Lord, uh, you know how he is. I know how he is. This is all you got. Give it to me. Father, bless this meal in a way in which only you can. Amen. The Bible says after blessing it, Jesus broke it. Hands half a loaf back to you and the rest of the snack pack in your other hand. And I just wonder if the disciples are looking on expecting bread to have just multiplied as Jesus blessed it. Not only did it not multiply, he hands you half a loaf back and you go back to the committee. Peter says, what's going on? Ain't no 2 Kings 4 happening up in here right now. Guys, I'm dying. I could eat all this right now by myself. I've already started. He told us to have everybody sit down in groups of 50 and that we were to feed this to them. They sit down in groups of 50 and you go to the first person with a half a loaf of bread and you say to the husband, bro, here you go. A little bit, man. A little bit. <laughs> Holmes, a little bit. Pig. Not that much. You go to his wife. Now, you saw how much he took. You have to take half as much now because he is a pig. You go to the children. Just a little. Just pinch a little bit off. A little bit. You get to the end of the line. There's a little bit of crumb. You're thinking, that's it. First row got to eat just a little bit. And as you're walking to the second row, and you put out your hand, the crumb turns into a loaf.
So much so that you go back to the first gentleman and say, hey, remember that whole take just a little, little? Take as much as you want, my man. That's what the Bible says. They all ate as much as they wanted until they were full. Person after person after person after person. Something miraculous happened that day. But I believe there were some things that needed to happen in order for that miracle to take place. Let me give them to you. Here's the first thing. Someone had to give Jesus what they had. Someone had to give Jesus what they had. My favorite part of this story really isn't that Jesus fed 20,000 people that day. It seems like that would be the most amazing part. My favorite part of the story is that Jesus partners with a little boy that nobody is paying attention to. This is the recipe for divinely miraculous ministry on the earth. When a representative on the earth stands before God in faith and obedience and God partners a representative from heaven and a representative from earth come together in partnership to expand the boundaries of God's kingdom on the earth. It's a divine setup. Here's another way to say it. Without God, you cannot do it. But without you, God will not do it. Well, Preston, hold on just a second. God limits himself to me. Now, I can't walk this through all the way theologically in the next 18 seconds. Yes, God is perfect. He is self-sustaining, self-sufficient. He needs nothing to be perfect. But when you love someone, you choose to need them. God needs you not to be perfect. But in order to do what he desires done on the earth, he has chosen to partner with you. And rather than take a look and analyze and, and come up with all of these reasons why what you have is not enough to feed the masses. Jesus didn't pull out a calculator and say, well, how, how far can this go? He just said, bring me what you have. And one little boy said, Jesus, you can have what I have. Jesus said, my man. Everybody else is looking, going two fish and five loaves. Listen to me closely. The reason we call this a miracle offering has nothing to do with how much is given. The miraculous part of the story of the feeding of the 5,000 is not the two fish and the five loaves. The miraculous part of the story and the reason we call this a miracle offering is not the number that is given. It is what God does with what is given. That's the miracle. That he partners with us and does with what we give. He does what we cannot do. Someone had to give Jesus what they had. Here's the second thing that had to happen. Jesus had to bless what was given. Jesus had to bless what was given. Now, Scripture is very clear. God blesses a lot of different things. Jesus talked about, the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about how God blesses various things. But there is one thing that God blesses differently than everything else. He even devoted an entire chapter in the Old Testament to it. 
God blesses obedience. In fact, in his word, he makes sure that we all understand that when you take sacrifice and you compare it to obedience, that what move, moves God's heart more is not sacrifice, it's obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Jesus blessed what was given that day because what he asked for was bring me what you have. And one boy brought Jesus what he had. And Jesus blessed that obedience. This week, I got word through one of our staff that there was a family in our church uh, that when they found out we were having a miracle offering, uh, they had been saving up for a down payment on a house for the last several years. And in our last miracle offering, they gave extravagantly, not just for their family. It, it stretched them. It, it, was, it, it was obedient sacrifice. They felt the Lord say, this is what I want you to give me. And when I heard this time that they were wanting to give this extravagant down payment towards their first house to the Lord to this miracle offering I texted the gentleman and I said hey can, can we grab coffee before this weekend and we sat down and and I said I just I'm submitting this to you I'm not telling you thus saith the Lord this is a decision the two of you have to make but I am going to submit to you what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me when I first heard that you guys were planning on giving your down payment. I said, I, I genuinely felt I heard the Lord say, it is so sweet that every time I have an offering like this, their first reaction is to give it all. But Preston, I'm not asking them to do that this time. I have something else in mind. And I said, I'm not telling you that if you guys give it all, that I'm gonna give it back to you. I'm gonna try. But it's between you and the Lord. I'm simply asking you to wait until you hear God tell you what to give. And I said, I felt like the Lord, he didn't give me a number, but I felt like he gave me parameters that protect you from your sweethearts and protect you from yourself. Now, you might be thinking, uh, Preston, I, I've never really run a church before, but I'm in business, and if someone's willing to give you 10 times as much as what you're telling them to bring, that just doesn't make good business sense. I got a whole book full of crazy, stupid business decisions that expanded the family business in miraculous ways that no earthly strategy could have possibly come close to. My Bible says God loves obedience more than he loves sacrifice. And all I was simply saying to this family was, it's amazing that your heart is to sacrifice but just understand God will bless your obedience even more than your sacrifice. And listen, there have been times 
where God has stretched Holly and me beyond what we felt the number was. It can go both ways. The point isn't the number. The point is our obedience. Jesus blessed what was given because it was out of obedience. The boy gave what he had. Here's the third thing that had to happen. The disciples had to distribute it to those in need. The disciples had to distribute it. Here's one of my other favorite things about this story. Everybody thinks that when Jesus prayed over the bread and the fish that it just miraculously started multiplying in his hands. That's not the picture that scripture paints. Scripture paints the picture, Jesus blesses it, breaks it, hands it to the disciples to share with everyone. Here's another way to say it. The miracle did not happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands. Partnership with God. Isn't it amazing that Jesus could have just waved his magic finger and said, everybody's got bread in their lap like Oprah. Everybody's getting bread and fish. You get fish. You get fish. He could have done it like that. But he didn't. He looked at the disciples and said, you guys get fish and loaves. And it's your responsibility as my disciples to distribute it to those in need. And the miracle, I'm going to let it happen in your hands. Because you're going to take more seriously these hands I've given you when you see what I can do with them. The disciples had to distribute it. There's a fourth thing that had to happen. Not necessarily so that this miracle could happen, but I believe so that this miracle could be perpetuated, that it could, it could go even further than the 20,000 people in that one present meeting. And it's this, number four, what was given, blessed, and distributed had to be stewarded. John chapter six, verse 12, so when they were filled, everybody had eaten until they were full, Jesus said to his disciples, gather up the fragments, the little leftovers that remain so that nothing is lost. I believe this is for me. This is for the staff. Just because God does a miraculous thing this weekend through all of us coming together, that does not mean we sit back and go, ha, 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 look at all this. No, no, no. Listen, he wired me to have a heart that wants to take a dollar and stretch it into three. That's called biblical stewardship. I'm not cheap, I'm a steward. And I love that Jesus says to the disciples, now I don't want anybody to, to take this miracle for granted. I know you're all excited about how I just fed 20,000 people, but here's the problem. There are more hungry people beyond this crowd. So I want you to gather up all of the leftovers and we're gonna feed everybody else with these 12 baskets and the surrounding towns. Everybody is getting in on this miracle, but only if you steward it. One boy, one individual life. Nobody was paying attention to this boy. But one boy, not on anybody's radar, 
brings to Jesus the heart of obedience, what Jesus asked for. And Jesus blessed it because of his obedience. The disciples, not the church staff, we're all disciples as sons and daughters of God. The disciples distributed it to those in need. And they all stewarded it. We talk a lot about the 5,000 men, possibly 20,000 people. We talk about the disciples. But can you imagine for a moment being that little boy? Can you imagine going home to your mother at the end of that long day? And you walk in the house and your mother has this sunken countenance. And you say, mom, what, what, what's, what's going on? Well, what, what's the matter? And your mother says, honey, I have been beating myself up all day long. When you told me this morning that you were gonna follow Jesus, I didn't know you were gonna be gone all day. You missed breakfast, you missed lunch, you missed dinner. I only gave you one meal. I thought Jesus would teach for two hours, not 12. And you have to be starving. I've been beating myself up. I didn't give you what you needed. Are you okay? Mom, I'm okay. You're not gonna believe what I'm about to tell you. I know you think that lunch was not enough for me to eat today. Jesus taught all day long and he healed people all day long and the people started to get so hungry. And mom, there were like 20,000 people there. There's never been a group that large before. And they were all getting so hungry. Children were getting restless. People were starting to mumble and murmur. And Jesus asked his disciples to bring what food they had. And mom, you wouldn't believe it. There were adults that were hiding their food. No one would bring Jesus what they had. And so I stood up, mom. I stood up and I said, Jesus, you can have my lunch. You can take my lunch. Mom, Jesus took my lunch. That lunch you didn't think was enough for even me. And he lifted it up to heaven and he asked God to bless it. And then he handed it to his disciples and said, Mom, I watched starving families eat because I gave up my lunch. I've been telling you since as long as I could talk that I felt like God was going to use me one day, but I never knew what it would look like. Mom, I saw it today, why God put me on the earth. He put me on the earth to partner with Jesus. Mommy, do you realize me and Jesus partnered together and fed 20,000 people today? So when you ask me, did you give me enough food? Mom, it was more than enough. Because it was all I had. And it was all Jesus asked for. And when I put what I had in Jesus' hands, Mom, Jesus, and I did something miraculous today together. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.